0: Hey, welcome City First Church family. Thank you for all of you joining us right now online. We are so excited that you're here. I am here with some amazing students from the Leadership College. Come on, give it up. It's good to see you guys. Thank you for those of you that are able to be here. And uh, I wanna thank all of you for joining us. We are living in unprecedented times, aren't we? I mean, I'm telling you the world is full of confusion and panic and fear and anxiety right now, a lot of loneliness, and and it is vitally important that we prioritize gathering together like we're doing right now. You know, I heard a story recently uh, from a friend of mine who has two kids and uh, She said this, that one of her kids is an introvert and one of her kids is an extrovert. And every morning they're getting up and the extrovert is looking at her and saying, mom, do we have to stay in the house again? And then the introvert is asking, do we get to stay in the house again? And mom says, yes. And he puts his hands behind his back as a six year old behind his head and says, this is the best day ever ever. So whether you are introverted or extroverted, I am glad that you're with us right now because I will say this. There's a difference between social distancing and relational distancing. Right now, we are being asked to socially distance from others, and I would say that's a good idea because obviously this virus is contagious. But You should not relationally distance from others. That's why right now is so important. We need relationships even if it's online. So what we've been doing is, as you can see this weekend, we are adding more services uh, so that you can experience City First, not only as a person and as a family, but also you can join in with other City First Church family members from all over the place, and we can have relational connection together. I cannot emphasize enough the importance of staying connected to the message of hope that is found through the person of Jesus Christ. And what is happening in the world right now will become overwhelming if you don't grab on to a lifeline that is found in Jesus, a lifeline of hope that is found through his church. And we at City First Church, we want to be that lifeline. We want to be a lifeline of hope, a lifeline of faith, and a lifeline of love to every single person that is watching right now. In fact, I want you to know this, Jen and I are praying for you as well as the pastors and the leadership of City First Church. We are gonna go through this together. We are going to go through this crisis together. In fact, it's really the only way that we can go through this. We need each other, we need each other. And we need Jesus. Now, if you're new here with us at City First Church, I want to officially adopt you into the City First Church family. Welcome, because I want to say this, we say it all the time, you belong here. Well, before this crisis, we say this to every person who joins us you belong here. And well, after this crisis, I want you to know that you belong here. Right now, you might be in your living room or watching on your smartphone. And wherever you're at, I want you to realize this, that the Holy Spirit is not contained within the four walls of a church, but rather instead, the Holy Spirit is right where you're at. In fact, God is with you right now. Do you know that? He is gonna move in your living room, in your heart, over your smartphone, wherever you are at. Right now, God has a specific message to speak to you. So I wanna say this, if you need prayer though, we wanna help you. In fact, right now we are mobilizing 500 people a day to pray for all of the prayer requests that are coming in. So if you have a prayer request, you can email that prayer request to prayer at cityfirst.church or you can text us, text I need prayer to 25827. 25827. And if you text in a prayer, if you email in a prayer, we are going to pray for you. In fact, there's going to be hundreds of people praying specifically for you, including Jen and myself. So today, I want to talk about the fact that God is for you. I want to talk about the fact that he loves you, he cares about you, that he has your back. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn open to Matthew chapter 17. And if you don't have a Bible, that's fine. It's going to be on the screen. But let me, let me just, you know, really encourage you to do something here. Go online on your smartphone and go to the App Store and download YouVersion, all right? It is a great Bible app that you could have with you at all times. I use it. Jen uses it. In fact, most of our church uses it. And so that way you could have a Bible with you at all times when you have your smartphone. But in Matthew chapter 17, there's a story about Jesus and a few of his disciples going up a mountain and they have a supernatural encounter with God. So we pick it up here in verse one. It says this, six days later, Jesus took Peter and two other brothers, James and John, and led them up a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as light. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter exclaimed, Lord, it's wonderful for us to be here. If you want, I'll make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But even as he spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. The disciples were terrified and fell face down on the ground. Then Jesus came over and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they saw only Jesus." As they went back down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Now, before I go on in this story, you see here that Jesus and his disciples, a few of them, are practicing social distancing. They are going up a mountain on purpose to be alone. They are going to separate themselves from what is going on in the world below, all the chaos on the ground and in the valley. And they go up on the mountain and they have a supernatural experience with God. And when it's over, they come down. And this is what we see here is when they come down from the mountain, immediately they encounter all kinds of problems and all kinds of situations, and all kinds of opposition and battles. It says in verse 14, at the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them. A man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. Some versions say that he is thrown into the fire. So there's something not, you know, that's in in him, controlling him, and, and it's harmful. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. So here's Jesus. He, he immediately comes down for the mountain. and Once he gets down there, there's this request, this need. There's a situation that's going on in this young boy's life. And, and so Jesus heals this young boy. Later on, verse 19, something interesting happens. Afterwards, the disciples asked Jesus privately, why couldn't we cast out that demon? you don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth. If you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. This is a super strange story. It really is. It's a strange story on multiple levels, but we see that Jesus and the disciples go up the mountain. They have a supernatural encounter with God. They come down the mountain and they immediately face hardship and a problem that could not be solved on the ground. And then Jesus solves the problem. And then the individuals on the ground, the disciples that were there trying to help this child look at Jesus and say, Jesus, why didn't we have the power? why weren't we able to solve this problem and jesus says you know what you need to have a little bit more faith you need to have a little bit more faith even a little bit of faith can move mountains You know, back in 2015, a group of three friends and myself climbed Mount Kilimanjaro over in Africa. Honestly, uh, it was one of the hardest things we've ever done that I ever have personally done. Uh, I trained for an entire year. I'm not a mountain climber. In fact, uh, the highest peak that I've ever been to was like 14,000 feet in Colorado, and I drove up the mountain in a car. So we're talking, this is not something like I go out and just go hiking. In fact, where I live in Illinois, there are no mountains. There's just a bunch of cornfields. So I never grew up hiking up mountains, but we thought it'd be a great idea. And so on our trek up to 19,300 feet, there was a moment where we literally were above the clouds. I have a picture of it. It was absolutely surreal. We were so high that literally we could see the curvature of the earth. It was still, it was quiet, it was beautiful. It was a little bit eerie even. We were so high above everything around us. And as I stood there looking down through the clouds, I could see the cities. In fact, a couple of those cities I was just in a couple of days before, and those cities were full of people, jam-packed, traffic jams, people honking, pollution, people yelling at each other, all kinds of the hustle and bustle of life. And in fact, when we were going through the city, it was just chaos and crazy, but now I'm on this mountain, and I'm looking down through the clouds, and I'm seeing the same cities, and it was peaceful, and it was serene, It was a completely different perspective. The chaos was still happening, but I had a completely different vantage point. Uh, I want you to listen to that. The chaos was still happening, but I had a completely different perspective. In fact, can I tell you this? Your perspective matters. Your vantage point matters. Where you look from matters. See, Jesus and the disciples were just on the mountain. They were where God was, where God was speaking and doing supernatural things in them and through them. And they were surrounded by the presence of God. Something amazing and supernatural was going on on that mountain. And then guess what? They came down and they had a different perspective. Why? Because they had first elevated themselves They first were seeing the situation, the battle, the chaos, all of the opposition from a different vantage point. They had removed themselves. They had done a strategic social distancing. They had removed themselves from the chaos that was going on down below, and they found a place of stillness and connection with God. Can I just say something? I don't like the social distancing thing. I like being with people, and many of you do too. And I don't like having to spend a lot of time in closed spaces, whether it be at home or alone in my office or wherever we're at. Yeah, I don't like that. But I will tell you, I think God might be using this. I'm not saying he's created the situation, but the Bible says that he will take all things and turn them around for good to those that are focused on him. So therefore, I think he's going to use this. And this, for many of us, becomes an opportunity to get away with God and to get a different perspective on our life. All of us are being forced to do this right now. In fact, all of us right now are forced to look at our normal life differently, right? All of a sudden, how are we looking at how we've been doing life? Our work and life balance, our home balance, our family relationships, our physical health, all of these things, we're having to look at it from a new perspective in this season of distance. I want you to remember this. The altitude of your thinking determines the attitude of your soul. The altitude of how you think and how you see things determines the attitude of your soul and your worldview. In fact, I would say this too, your perspective determines the amount of power you have. If you have an elevated perspective of what's going on in your life, whether it be in this crisis or even once the crisis passes, guess what? Your elevated perspective determines how much power you function with on a daily basis and a higher vantage point in God is what really gives you victory in life. When you get alone with him and you see the world from his perspective, it changes your worldview of your normal life or your chaotic life, and it gives you victory in those battles. Do you hear that? Jesus and those three disciples had to go higher, above the noise, so that they could have victory in the valley. You see, they met God, they heard from God. And once they met God and they heard from God, they were able to come down and they were able to have power in everyday life. When you purpose to get alone with God, he will meet you. In fact, right now, even in this season where everything's disrupted, maybe God is asking you to get alone with him more than what you have been, right? And listen, we get alone with things all the time. We get alone with our Instagram. (laughs) We get alone with our Facebook. We get alone with Netflix. We get alone with CNN or Fox News or MSNBC. And I'm not saying those things are bad, but guess what? You should get alone with those things in moderation. You should not fixate on those things. See right now all across our society people are fixating on the news. They're fixating on trying to keep themselves entertained. They're fixating on what's going on on social media and all that it's doing is it's dragging them down into the chaos and the confusion and the panic and the fear that hundreds of thousands of people are experiencing. Fear is contagious. In fact right now it's at pandemic levels. In fact there is a virus of fear that's spreading quicker than any other virus. You see, you have to elevate your perspective. We as Christ followers, we that are wanting to live a life like God wants us to live, we must elevate the way that we are seeing our circumstances. You know, recently I was talking to a wonderful girl who is a part of City First Church and and uh, she's an amazing woman, loves God, grown up in church her whole life, loves Jesus. And she said something I thought was really interesting. She says, you know what? Right now, it seems like in our world, everything is ending with a question mark. Everything is. Is my job, is it gonna be secure? Are, Are my elderly parents gonna be okay? Am I gonna contract this virus? What am I supposed to do with my kids all day? Like, how am I supposed to keep them not only preoccupied or occupied, but also on top of that, educate them? Will I be okay? Will I lose my job? Are there gonna be layoffs at the company that I work for? Are doctors gonna find a cure? See, right now there's a lot of question marks. A lot of question marks. You know what question marks do? unanswered questions create stress. And stress creates panic. And you start thinking about worst case scenarios. In fact, question marks make you live in your tomorrow. You start living in tomorrow and next week and next month and next year, question marks make your mind go to asking what if, what if this happens, what if that happens? And You start living in your tomorrows. And during this type of a season that we're in, your tomorrows are never good, right? Instead, they're always worse, they're always negative. They're always harder than what we're experiencing right now. Now, before you know it, then, you can't sleep. Before you know it, you start thinking about all the what ifs and all the questions. And when you're in it, you can't see out of it, which is why we must elevate out of what we're seeing and see it from a different vantage point. You see, when you elevate your perspective, your question marks turn into exclamation points. You start asking yourself, will I have enough? Question mark. It turns into god will supply all of my needs philippians 4 19. you ask yourself the question will i make it and that turns into i can do all things through christ who strengthens me philippians four thirteen. you ask yourself am i going to be safe question mark and that turns into The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous, meaning those that are in right standing with God, will run into it, and there they are safe, Proverbs 18.10. You see, you got to elevate your perspective to do this. Notice something in the story. The other disciples that were still in the valley were not able to solve the problem at hand. They didn't have the power to fight the enemy. They tried to help the child and they couldn't and later on they come to Jesus and they're like, why couldn't we do anything? You see, the reason why they couldn't is because they were in it. They never got out of it. All they were doing is surrounding themselves with the problems and they never took and went up the mountain. They never were able to elevate and see the battle from a different perspective. When you have an elevated perspective, things begin to change in how you respond to the circumstances around you. You see, when you're in the chaos, and I want, I want you to listen to this. If you don't remember anything else I say, please listen to this. When you are in the chaos, you believe what you see. When you're in the chaos, you believe what you see. But when you elevate your perspective, you see what you believe. Oh, that's huge. When you are in the chaos, You believe what you see you believe all that's going to happen all the predictions all of the data and again i'm not saying we ignore the data i'm not saying we ignore facts faith does not ignore facts but faith does not live by the facts you hear that so when you're in it you believe what you see but when you elevate out of it now you see what you believe. Now you start seeing your circumstances through the lens of your belief on who God is and what he will do. Do you hear that? When you get an elevated perspective with God, you see things from God's perspective and that determines your worldview. You know, Jesus got off the mountain and the reason why he had the power to help that boy is because he had seen that situation from a higher vantage point. I mean, think about this he heard God's voice. He experienced God on the mountain. So when he came down and he saw the problem, he immediately thought, this problem is nothing compared to the God that just spoke to me. See, some of you, you need to hear God speaking to you through his word. You need to get in his presence. You need to be able to experience him in the stillness of the mountaintop so that when you come down into real life and you start seeing all of the situations and all the problems and all the facts and all of those things, you think to yourself, don't worry, God's got this. He's got me. He's got this situation. You see, the other disciples, they were weak because of their vantage point. Their faith was weak because they had never seen the situation from an elevated perspective. They were in it and they couldn't get out of it. So, here's my question to you. My question is this, friend How are you viewing all that's going on right now? How are you viewing it? Is your perspective one of fear? Is your perspective one of faith? It's all being determined by how you're seeing it you know it says in Romans chapter 10 a great verse that was written by the Apostle Paul he says this in verse 17 so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God you see what you hear over and over and over again either builds your faith or destroys it. That's why if you listen to the news, you read all the things online, you're on social media, you can do that, but do it in moderation because whatever voice is loudest in your heart is what's determining your vantage point. It's determining your level of faith. You cannot hear God in the chaos. And here's the vantage point that you and I need to have in the situation right now. This is it, all right? Here's the vantage point we need to have. Right now, the facts are this. Things are scary. The markets are unpredictable. We are needing to physically be separated due to the contagiousness of this virus. We don't know how to help our kids understand all that's going on. The fact is that we miss our friends or family members or worried about them, maybe if they're on the other side of the nation. The fact is we see the data each day. We wonder how much money it's gonna take to get through this. How long is it going to last? Some are saying it's gonna last for months. The fact is that some of us are worrying right now about food and making it through. The fact is some of us are wondering about our jobs. So those are the facts. That's the situation that's going on right now. But it says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, what then shall we say in response to these things? What things? Everything that I just mentioned to you. What shall we say as Christ followers, as people that believe in God? What shall we say as a response to those things? Well, this is what we say, you ready? If God is for us, then who can be against us? What do we say in response to those facts? We don't ignore them. We don't stick our head in the sand like an ostrich. We see those facts. Those are realities. But what do we say? What's our response? If God is for us, then who can be against us? You hear that? I want to say this, friend. Listen real closely. This is not just me saying it. It is true. God is for you. God loves you right where you're at, right in your living room right now, right in your kitchen where you're watching this. God's got you. He has not abandoned you. He understands your specific circumstances. He knows exactly what is going on in your life and your family members' lives and your friends' lives. He knows, he knows. He's not ignorant. He's not a thousand miles away on some cloud floating there, sitting on his throne with a long white beard. No, 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 he is with you right where you're at. He is for you and he will give you the strength to navigate the facts that are surrounding you right now. He will give you the strength to navigate the battles. If you go to a higher vantage point with him, he will give you the strength and the ability to make it through. said this last week, give your best energy to control the things that you can. In other words, the things that you can control, you do your best. Practical things, you know, like be wise with interaction with others, wash your hands, practice social distancing. Those are the practical things. But on top of that, what else can you do? Well, you can also pray. You can also use this time of social distancing to get away on the mountain of God and to hear His voice. Open the Word of God, download the app, read the Bible. If you need help with this, let us know. We will we will help you. You know, join us every day, Monday through Saturday at noon central time as we have a 10 minute time of prayer, dial in. And if you can't do that, listen, it lives on our social media for the next 24 hours. So. Listen to the prayers and the scriptures that we're giving you daily. Feed your soul, pray, read the Word of God, internalize the Word of God, make it personal. Look at this situation from a different elevated perspective. Do what you can do, give your all to that. And then lastly, let God take care of all the things that you can't. There's a lot of stuff that's out of your control. There's a lot of stuff that you and I can't control. There's a lot of things that are bigger than us. We can't worry and ruminate and fixate on these things that we can't control. Instead, we believe that there's a God that is for us. Before we close, there's gonna be a song that we're gonna have us sing here in a moment. And I want you to not disconnect. I want you to listen to the song. It's a brand new song and it's one that's honestly been on repeat in my household for the last week. Talks about God being for us. And and I pray that as the team comes up here in a moment and they, they minister, I pray it ministers to you right where you are at, that God's anointing will come into that place, into that space, that his presence will be there and that he will personally let you know and assure you with confidence that he is for you. But before we do that, I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray for each and every person. And there's gonna be two prayers. The first prayer is this. If you say, I wanna pray that God would become the leader and the forgiver of my life. You might say, that's me. I wanna make him the leader and the forgiver of my life. Maybe you're listening today and you've just, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe as I've been talking, you're thinking, you know, I, I really haven't, I haven't really, found a a, a friendship with God, a relationship with God. And I want that right now. I want to pray for you so that, that you and Jesus can have a relationship with one another. You know what that means? It means this, that you acknowledge that you've done wrong and that sin is the barrier that keeps you away from a perfect God. But that sin barrier can be eliminated by just saying, Jesus, forgive me. Because 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on the cross for your sin and for my sin, our wrongdoing. And he took upon himself the penalty and the price and the debt of that sin, and he canceled it on the cross. And so because of that, we can have a relationship with God. This is not joining City First Church. It's not joining any church. It's not about a denomination. It's just praying and saying, I want to make Jesus the leader and the forgiver of my life. That's the first prayer. And the second prayer is I wanna pray for anybody that right now that you have been, you've been living in it. The perspective has been in it. You can't see out of it. And and I wanna pray that you will elevate your perspective and that God will give you a brand new perspective on what is going on in your life and that you will have power to be victorious. So let's just do this wherever you're at right now, whether you're in your living room or you're looking at your smartphone or whatever, can you just bow your heads? Close your eyes. This is a holy moment. God is with you right where you're at. And if you say, that's me, I want to make Jesus the leader and the forgiver of my life. Will you just go ahead and repeat this prayer after me? And you can even whisper this prayer out loud, all right? Wherever you're at, just say this prayer after me. Jesus, I need you. I believe you died for me. I believe that you are for me. Forgive me of my sin, come into my life. I make you the leader and the forgiver of my life. Thank you for loving me with an unconditional love. And I trust you today with my entire life. In Jesus name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to let us know about it because we wanna send you some resources. We want to email or text you a next step book so that you can know what to do next. The most important thing is this, continue to be a part of City First Church, continue to dial in, continue to log in, continue to be with us even every day during our prayer emphasis, because as you do that, you will grow. And now lastly i want to pray for anybody who says i need strength because i'm in it and i need to rise above it i need an elevated perspective if that's you right now i want to pray for you okay heavenly father i pray for my friends I pray that right now, as we are all in a very unique, unprecedented season, God, I ask that you would help my friends to elevate their perspective to your perspective. I pray that they would meet you on the mountain of God, that, Lord, they would get away with your word, they would pray, they would hear your voice, they would know your promises, they would know that you are for them. And that, Lord, what do we say in response to all those things that are flooding our minds and making us lose sleep? What do we say? We say, if God is for us, then who can be against us? Thank you, God, that you are for us. You are for every person listening right now. Lord, thank you, God, that you've got us, that you will not abandon us. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen to this song. Let it minister to you. Internalize it personalize it, and know that this song applies to you wherever you're at. Love you very much, City First. God bless.